Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and joining me today are my two usual co-hosts. First off, we've got Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today, sir? Doing pretty well. Uh, It's uh, really cold outside, and I think that covers it for basically the entire country, but it uh, it was really, really cold here this morning. I don't know. I know it was pretty cold where Tom was, too. So pretty cold, pretty windy, bunch of bunch of snow on the well. I don't want to say a bunch. There's a couple inches of snow on the ground. Um, other things have been fine. Let's talk some Chiefs, boys. Yes, sir. Arrowhead Tom, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Sorry, uh, we're starting this recording a little bit later than we intended. I had to swing by the bank before I uh, got here, so I was running a little bit late. But uh, yeah, I got caught in line. So, but I'm here. Yeah, I'm ready to talk Chiefs football and yeah, all the other things that have happened uh, this week. This has, yeah, this has been a very eventful week. Uh, not for not for football related reasons, really. Actually, the football kind of related reasons have been pretty boring. Um, no, Chiefs... no, we just forgot about the really fun stuff that happened. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, I, I will say, it takes a lot. It, it took a lot, a pretty substantial event, to the collective minds of Chiefs Kingdom away from, uh, you know, tar and feathering Carl Sheffers and oh. quickly turning to uh, another oh. piece of news in the kingdom. Uh, so it's it's pretty impressive that, that, that something like of that magnitude would occur. It did unite and, all of Chiefs Kingdom. Hey, I'll, hey, I'll say that much. We, look, Chiefs Kingdom has all kinds of unique characters. Some of them do unique things. We're going to leave it at that for right now on that. We'll make that <laughs> later. Yeah. We are uh, finding out what these unique things are uh-huh. rather alarmingly. Unique fan bases that have characters that do unique things is not unique to Chiefs Kingdom. However, I can tell you that as somebody who's run social media for other football team accounts and like uh, like podcast socials and whatnot, like I've seen some crazy stuff in other fan bases too. Don't worry. It's not just us, y'all. It's, it's, it's an everywhere thing. But do we have them? We do. We do. Yes. We do. We do. And well, to, uh, we, like I said, we may touch was on that like, a little uh, bit later. We, we might. I don't know. We're going to be gentle yeah, around who that. Knows, who knows, we who knows how, how much we get to that. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see I will say to you guys. I'll just point. say this. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Garrett. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, uh, it's rather nice out in Arizona. Um, so sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, how is it out no. there? 75, 80, 85? Yeah, maybe not that. Maybe like 70. Um no, like, uh, record freezing, killing cold temperatures I haven't seen have, over uh, there. Have you gotten a, uh, are you, are you getting a round of golf in? I am, I am, 
I have been uh, I have been hitting hitting the yeah. Lucky I have so. Um, we're gonna have to do something about going to visit him or something at some point when it's you know like. It seems like it seems like I don't need to get the heck out of there because I cannot imagine living in that cold of a, of a climate. You no, guys are better than cold. me. You guys I mean, I like good. the cold, just not this cold. I'm a man. It's so a little different than me. Put hair on my chest. I wear short sleeves. Chest, face, yeah. not on your I head. I am built different. We get it. We see it. It's chest, right there. face, not head. It's all. Little, it's all yeah, good. everywhere else. I can, yeah. look, it's uncanny. Eyebrows places down. I can grow hair other than the top of my head. Yeah, everywhere but yeah, the top of your head. You would be surprised. We probably. That's not a conversation we should have in a public forum. Well, we can have it in a public forum. But speaking of magic tricks, uh, we should probably talk about what Patrick did on Sunday because <laughs> nobody's talking about it. Well, yeah, about I it. mean, <laughs> other than I don't how, like, know yeah, why um, no one's talking about it, but no one is talking about it. Yes, Garrett, I'm trying to be better so you don't yeah. have to this time. Patrick Mahomes, who's, uh, you know, a top five MVP candidate, depending on who you ask. Uh, top five, not five. <laughs> had an impressive two. game, including ending – the the game with 20 straight completions and just casually threw for over 300 yards and was it two touchdowns or three touchdowns three four eight at this point it's like it's normal um I, we've talked about this before there are times where two the, because two rushing touchdowns right you did have at least yeah, one yeah so um i i have a specific facebook memory that comes up every year um in october november and it's I don't remember what game it was, but it's a Chiefs it's a Chiefs game. It's from their main account, and it says big numbers. It's a picture of Alex Smith, and his big numbers were like 225 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, 30 yards rushing. And that is like if if that I mean, were big. tweeted out today, it would get like that's that's not big. I mean, comparatively, and Alex Smith. That's not a dig at Alex Smith. Alex Smith was good good high level you know, quarterback, Patrick Mahomes just built different. Like me in the snow out here. It's just, just built different. I mean, it's facts. Like he was 20 of 20 to close that out. Which is just insane. And so the NFL record is 25 in a row. So if he starts out the game next week or this coming upcoming game, six for six, it won't, it won't, it won't, but Hey, still not for single game. However, It'll be tough with how cold it's going to be. What people don't realize, people, oh, it's the Texans. Yeah, it, that's an NFL defense, guys. That's not a college defense. That's not some backup practice. Like that's an NFL defense. That's hard as well to do. Twenty of twenty. This team went toe. Yeah, they went toe to toe with the Cowboys the week before. And uh, I love this again. Shout out to uh, the crew over at Times Ours. Those are um, just very intelligent men oh, who I know this game very well. Yeah. Well, not not the episode from today, but a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about this is this is where you see some of these you know these teams that have worse records really playing up because these players they know they're playing for the jobs. Some of them are playing for jobs. If it's not with with their current team, it's with another team. And so they're going to do everything they can. I mean, there were dudes on that that Texas roster. I'm like, I, I don't even know who. I think it was like number one or number five on their defense. I was like, I don't even, I've never even heard of you, but you're out you here playing. Petra? Yeah, like no, no, not, it wasn't Petre. I know who Petre is. I knew who Petre was. It was one of their cornerbacks, yeah. number there one. Was I someone think. though, yeah, 
Yeah, he was up uh, there. He was uh, hyped. Traymond Smith, Traymond Smith. For them? Traymond Smith is number one. Yeah, that yeah. ain't number Traymond Smith. Chiefs legend. Former, former old Chiefs friend. Traymond yeah. freaking Smith is out there. Yeah, well, he was, he was out there. You would have thought that he was playing in, the, uh, playing in the Super Bowl with how hyped he was. Oh, yeah, that was his – dude, uh, so was – wasn't Eric Murray in that game also? Eric Murray is on the other team, I believe. I believe. Yeah. Um, Speaking of people in the secondary, uh, yeah, dude, there was. It was just a game of everybody. Look, also turnovers, and some of them that magically were created off of plays that I'm aren't even physically reviewable under the rules that govern the game. But hey. Um, you know, we can just make it up as we go if Wampar's name happens up. to let's have just, two C's in it. Let's just, yeah, let's oh, just do our own card. thing. Oh, I, I know that nobody wants... No, but it is for us. So. I know that nobody wants to see Kyle Sheffers officiate ever another again. ever again. Ever but again. But please, please let thing. it be. Please let the next one be at Arrowhead because there is something very satisfying. I just, I know the Chris, the Raiders game earlier this year. I an assignment there again. I, I don't think he would. Well, I don't know how much control they have over that, but uh, it yeah, is. Yes, he might. I, he, might re- he might retire. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure his buddies will look look out for him. Like don't. It was don't get national. Me wrong. Te- he peed. Yeah. His pants on national TV in front Pretty of Pretty much. He said, um, I, 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 I don't. The, the, I don't. There is there is no flag. There is no flag. Please don't come out of the stands and rip me into pieces. Please don't hurt me. Come on, man. I'm really sorry. And then you turn around and do this? What we just watched on Sunday? Come on, Doc. It's Carl Sheffer's revenge game. I mean, you gave him like over 120 yards of penalties. I mean, that's that's really the story. It's not. I mean, and and shout out to Texans. You know, they're doing their best, but uh, and like some of those, they were. It was like predictable. I was like, all right, third and left flag. Third and okay, flag. And it's it's it was always a. I need there to go back. I would be curious. Eight thrown flags in a row on a drive that had eight plays and ended oh my in a touchdown. Yeah, that drive was play in the end zone. Like I couldn't just yeah. help thinking, like how how do the referees like not just like physically realize, like oh my gosh, we've like especially like Carl Sheffers who's out he the call. He does like, physically realize yeah. that like, they know. You were actually like standing know. up there like six, oh, seven knows. times in a row on the same drive, just announcing things. Like how can you not realize, like maybe maybe we're team. doing something wrong. Maybe we're Patrick doing something wrong here, you know? Like, what's going on here? How is this? How do you just like? Patrick you're just like, oh, yeah. You're just like, oh, this is normal. This is a normal course of the game for me. I'm supposed to go after every single play and announce a penalty. Like, how do you? How does that only not point like one direction? Yeah, like yeah. how does that not? How does that not get through your this mind? One, like maybe something's going is on. The only one that's it, on. It does. The only windshield wiper that works on the car. Yeah, it, it does come through your mind, and the reality is, is like. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. You know, officials are people, and they develop biases, and they develop opinions, and, and all that stuff. And so, and the biggest um, thing about you, know, you officials, don't want, yeah, you don't want it to be that obvious, but it's that obvious. And the biggest thing about officials is that they just cannot admit that they're wrong. Like they, well, under no circumstances, 
at all that's, will they ever admit that they're wrong. Correct. And yes, like, that's probably never going to happen. You need – let's just admit when you're wrong. It's okay. Coaches oh, do it. Like, coaches and players do it all the time. Like, they admit all the or time they're Or they're made wrong. to answer questions about it and then listen to how stupid they sound when they say the dumb things they say out loud after. And also, yeah, and then those questions get blasted on social media and everything. So, like, the world hears it. Like, you – they these referees, they get interviewed by – Real the, by reporters, the unions, dog. They're yeah, unions but like we never hear, we never hear about this. We never themselves. actually get their full answers. We never see the videos of them doing it. Like if we saw a video of Carl Shepard trying to babble his way through the explanation of why he <laughs> threw like seven uh, flags, the NFL would probably fire him immediately. They'd be like, "This guy yeah. cannot is not." At this point, they know too. This is the other part of it. They know. We're sitting here talking about it, giving them content because they know how freaking bad it is, and they don't care. Look at yeah. well, and it's not. Chiefs, I have a question for you too. How many games have the Chiefs had ten penalties this year? Two, uh, three, two. Who refed them? Carl Sheffers. Like, and you know what? The third one was the, like the third highest one, and his only other game of the year was him. I don't remember who tweeted that out, but it's like, and it was the one at home. That was the home game. Yeah. That was the one that oh, wasn't home game. but was also the highest. Like, are you, dude, it's obvious. Also, yeah. you, I, you cannot change rules just because you don't like a team. The review that they were allowed to initiate. Like how, and that's the thing, like how. They ruled forward mm -hmm. progress. As soon yeah. as you rule forward Boom. progress. Case closed. Review ability over. Yeah. There's no, oh, you yep. can review Somewhere. Forward, forward progress up until this point because we, no, because no, there's no determining forward yeah, when, progress. Yeah, since review. when can you challenge a part of a play? It's like, you oh yeah, I challenged can't. the first part of this play and not the second part of the play. Like yeah. what? Somewhere. Like, Somewhere Derek Johnson is weeping. And I just don't understand how, like, the New York, Derek like... Johnson, Kurt, I, oh God, my I, gosh. I haven't, I haven't oh got to see it if he's on KCSN this week. And bless you, DJ, if you are. And thank you, BJ, <laughs> for putting DJ on KCSN if we get to see him react to a That's, forward yeah. progress call like that. Because, oh, my God. I just don't understand how that, like, goes, like... Because they obviously have to talk with... Uh, New York, right? The NFL like offices in New York, and there's like, oh yeah, we're challenges, uh, we're challenging this forward progress rule, and there's like, oh yeah, cool. And New York's like, like how okay, are they? Here's like, what you're gonna say: you're gonna avoid saying forward progress. You're gonna tell them you reviewed something else. What are you doing? Progress, you're not guys. supposed to do this, Carl. Yeah. Why are you doing this? And what so are like you, trying you're to bail out, man. Of, like just saying like, oh you no, know, you have to go out back. You have to go back out there and say, oh, you actually can't challenge this. They get their challenge back. Like but that's what you should say. But, but that that's what you should say, but as we've discussed, the officials unions have, I, for some reason, in basically all of the major sports, have the strongest union I've ever seen in my life. Well, because they hold all the power. Sort of. Sort of. No, because no, no, no. Because here's the thing. There's differentiation between the scabs in them, and I'm not even sure there is anymore. I mean... Now hold that on. Point can now, let me, be made let now. me explain this. this. This goes all the way down. This goes all the way down the rabbit hole. I'm wearing my uh, old athletic director jacket today, and it's appropriate. Well, in one year, as an athletic director, hold on, one year, the official fees for across the board doubled because we have an official shortage. And what you what do you do? Right? You say, oh well, I'm not going to pay you that. And then said, okay, shortage? and then they leave. Why is there a shortage? And, because because 
people can't control their emotions and beat the crap oh, out of officials no. at games at the like at the peewee yeah, level. Well, sort uh, of. Definitely in baseball. Definitely you can baseball, incentivize yeah. this easy enough to still make that a profession that people are willing to train for. It's very easy. The NFL, the NHL, the MLB, the NBA, these officials should be what, Tom? Full-time employees that work 40 hours a week jobs just like the rest of us who study film all week, who have pension plans, Mm -hmm. but that requires benefits. And then, Ewe, we don't want to pay those, even though we make a gajillion dollars a year as an industry, as the NFL. Like, that's the part that's gross. If you would just pay the top level of officials appropriately and give them full-time jobs, and these unions would do that instead of working these side jobs and getting huge big businesses built up off the side of it, mm-hmm. which that's why they want to keep doing that, by the way. That's why they don't want to be full-time officials. They want to come in on Sundays and roll out and do their thing uh, because the stuff they do on the during the week makes a, is a pretty good penny when you can invest NFL official money into doing <laughs> those side jobs, guys. So um, pair those things together. Have them be like the players and the coaches and the executives that work 60, 70, 80, 100 hours a week, every week for nine months, 10 months, a year, like, you know, most humans on earth that work jobs. And I'm not telling you these guys don't go back from their officials and work hard day jobs and work hard. That's not what I'm telling you. At the same time, if you would just pay them correctly as officials, they wouldn't need to go work the stupid side job to make the same kind of money that they should be making. In a billion dollar, well, Jesus, how many zeros? How many multi billion dollar? We're done with one billion. So many billion dollars you can't keep track of it at this point. Industry, like, how many billion dollars did NFL ticket just get bought for by Google from Directv? Couple billion, trillion, something with a Z. We're making up numbers now. I don't even know. Like, that's where we're at with contract money, which, by the way, affects the salary cap, which, by the way, affects revenues, which. All those things tie together. You know what should tie into that? Officiating. Officials and being so, in there. They should be accountable also in press conferences, as Garrett said. As full-time employees, you do full-time employee press conferences. Like coaches. Like players. Like executives. And you get held accountable. Like accountable. Full-time employees. Like, but again, they get babied. Also, there's you know, no... That freaking sky judge and the and the ball marker technology <laughs> with the little robot... Mar- you know how fast that crap would pop in there? Holy So crap. there's also no incentive on the NFL's part to fix the problem because... Hold on. Hold on. Because they are partnering with, you know... the all these gambling organizations and, and, you know, that's been this big blow up. If you start to go, huh, maybe our officiating is the issue. You lose a lot of confidence from your, your, you know, betting partners. And I mean, again, you could just, you create more of a mess. I, I fully agree with you that it needs to be addressed, but should, if you make this, you know, wide sweeping change, you're going to really fire. mess with like it's really the stability of somebody drops a gasoline bomb on it and then see what happens to the whole. Yeah, no, I hear, I understand Tom's point about the gambling thing. I almost think it's the opposite though, because you're deterring. You're like, Hey, they, these refs are like actually affecting outcomes of games. Like that is affecting our betting websites. Like, this is a problem, and I would I would think at least in my I would think that advertisers and partners like that would want the NFL and it would pressure the NFL to try to fix that. Especially from a transparency standpoint, from gambling's perspective, and because of the partnerships that are between these businesses and how transparent they're supposed to have to be, that's something that should be heavily considered. 
but isn't. In, in a very practical sense, yes, but it's it's more of a it's like instead of being perfect and trying to get everything right, they're just keeping everybody equally unhappy. There's not a fan base in America who thinks the refs are sure. on their it's side. A strategy, Again, Cotton. Not some, well, maybe Tom, Tom Brady, but for for years just consistency, and they can't do that because what did we just talk about? There's no consistency. They're not trained full time. They're not. There's no consistency. Well, and they the also there's also the, pretty the, major the rule changes every in year. The, in the tools that they have, oh, at their those disposal, rule changes, yeah. None of that like, stuff. As I don't know, as a partner, as a betting partner, especially, I would figure like you would want. Yeah, the, there's big rule changes every year. Than what they are. So, there's huge changes. And they send out all these videos and tape changes of things that points of emphasis and this and that. Do you know how many rules there are in the NFL rule book? I don't because there's too many to keep track of. Do you know how many subsections there are of that rule book? Uh, oh, no. Yeah, no, having part-time you. officials try to keep up with that, like, good luck. And, and like, again, I'm sure these dudes put in tons of hours on their off time putting in well, learning things. Or let me rephrase well. that. The good ones put in tons of hours on their off time making sure they know the rules, keep the track with everything, have all that stuff. And I'm not telling you every official is out here to be as terrible as possible, but I'll make this as a cross-reference to baseball because this dude is universally bad and everybody knows it. Angel Hernandez exists in the in the MLB as an umpire still. Jeez. Still to this day, that dude exists. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh yeah, love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile, unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. And he knows he's bad. He's tried to, like, that's what I mean by the fact that they've got to start holding officials accountable. Exactly, because a lot of these people are, like, almost grandfathered in in a way where yeah. it's like, this oh, yeah, I don't need to be held accountable. I've been a ref for 10 years. Like, There's I don't need to be held accountable. want to be good, man, but... Carl does not want to be good. But, with yeah. Hold on. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be good. He if you put a ref... Awful. Hold on. If you put Carl Sheffers on the podium after a game like the game the Chiefs just played, he's going to get grilled. And, the NFL, and I'm not saying that he is competent, but he's going to look 10 times more incompetent. And that's going to move betting lines whenever he is... Great officiating and Carl Sheffers not the only bad official in the NFL. Maybe the worst. There's plenty of them, but here's the thing: Vegas can adjust for betting lines. They don't don't want that to be the case. Yeah. Here's the thing, Tom. You know what they should do? You they want to monetize everything, right? They should take the interviews with the refs and they should put them on Twitch and make it a subscription stream, and then you can tip for how how much you want to watch for the questions that you want to ask. And then when they have to look horribly bad answering which calls they have to answer for, 
whichever ones, they get fined for that because, you know, the players get fined for how their poor, <laughs> horrible, god-awful plays and their bad stuff that can't be allowed, right? So when those things happen, those go to charity and stuff just like the players. But then when you, when people give tips for good answers and stuff, they get those tips out of the Twitch chat just like that. So it's just a monetary thing where they just got to figure out how to monetize it so these refs can get paid and get their face time. That way they're on Twitch. They get to be the center of attention because that's what some of these guys seem to want to be. And look, man, it started a long time ago with a guy who liked to be really on the screen a lot with his offsides calls and his really fitness. And that was cool and all. And some people who watch football for a really long time know who I'm talk about, talking about. And he has a son who's an official in this league strictly based on the fact that his dad was. But hey. But hey. Yeah, I think uh, we could go on and on for a while about this, but listen. So we do uh, it like every, almost every week. Actually, we uh, go with this every week. Robot reps. hates Travis Kelsey still from when Travis said he didn't belong at a Foot Locker from like 2014. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think Kyle's probably <laughs> maybe the closest. You saw that clip, right? You guys have seen that clip. Yeah, right? yeah, we all saw that clip. I, uh, that clip. I think it's Kyle's like probably it. the closest in this answer or in the solution. Uh, you have to figure out a way to monetize it, and that's what will incite the robot refs. So. Let's move on here. Let's move on. Let's change the little course here. Let's change course. Let's push past the ref talk because we could go on for another 30 minutes about it. And it would all be valid. Good question. It would all be valid. Next topic. Next topic. Who is Who are the Chiefs going to hire as defensive coordinator once Andy Reid fires a longtime friend, Steve Spagnuolo? Can we do this now? Since you want to bait me. We're already ranting about things, so I feel like we should get into it. Kick back your feet and relax. Okay, so... This fan base loves to say that it can set expectations and have reasonable expectations for this team. And then we get into a season and then they can't because every Sunday when you go to pick who's going to beat the Chiefs for your six losses, you pick the Chiefs to beat to take this year in the preseason or the five that you took or whatever the number was that you picked. When you go to do that every Sunday – who do you end up picking 99% of the time as a fan base? And we all do it. And I'm not, it's not anyone in specific. This is a universal thing, right? When you do this, for the most part, who do you end up picking most of the time when it comes down to it? The Chiefs, because by the time you get to the game during the day on the day of, at the end of the day, they have a roster that's at least usually 75 to 95% of the other team's roster at the worst. And a completely better roster at the best, and they have Patrick every time in most of those scenarios. So most of the time, you're going to pick him, right? Okay, yeah. so with that, when you have a team that is an 11-3 and team that is done with their division before Christmas Eve noon kickoff with an old, old division opponent that's starting six rookies has given playing time to like eight of them at this point, including some other guys who have not been on this roster because injuries, suspensions, other things, this, that, and the third, and they're eleven and three, and and we're and we're talking about firing the, the coordinator regardless of whether or not they win the Super Bowl. And I, I, it's not, it's not the people that have to write about its fault. It's not the people that have to talk about its fault. It's the freaking mentality of this fan base and the inability to set proper expectations fault, and it drives me insane. And I can't – I don't understand why we do this all the time. Because we talked preseason, guys, about what we expected this team to be this year. And we were hopeful for this team to have a top 20 defense 
a whole like in the, like just get me to close to 20, right? We wanted 20. And where are they? Like 21, 22. 21. <laughs> and in some yeah, areas almost. they're like 15, and in some areas they're like 28. And we understand that there's gonna be deficiencies with some of this stuff, but what are we like again? I'm not targeting the writers or the content creators because I think some people took some things that way and here this is me telling you not personal shots but stop doing this stuff with this guys with this fan base stop making us talk about this crap because it's crazy it's crazy to have this conversation there there was a twitter poll run by KCSN with Maddie Lane about if spags with the Niners defense or Another defensive coordinator, somebody else with this defense would have a better defense. And there for a while, I, I was sitting there looking at the poll, and everybody that was looking at the poll, including the person that put it out, was just like, what are we doing? What are we doing, What guys? are we doing, guys? Is... It, and it's it's I understand that we expect them to win every week. They're not going to win every week. They're going to have deficiencies. They're going to have stuff. But for the most part, they gave up 230 yards to the Texans on defense. Okay? The penalty thing, we can go back and we already talked about that. <laughs> we already talked about the penalty thing, but so, listen. The, the yardage and the penalty thing is a different conversation entirely. Um, the defense has got stuff that it needs, and they need some more players. But we also knew this was basically a retooling year, and we were supposed to get slaughtered, according to everyone on Earth, and we're done before Christmas. Relax. Calm down. Set the expectations properly. Right now, all we're doing is hunting a home seed, home advantages, and let's get healthy, stay healthy into the playoffs, let the rookies get some snaps, some more development, and roll up for a playoff run. I don't understand why the fan base freaks out about this stuff, and then we have to go deep dive into stuff and freak out like there are limitations to play calling. There are scheme things that are happening. I, I have... We have talked about scheme on this podcast a ton, Tom. Has the scheme been absolutely atrocious this year? Does he still have tendencies that are not incredible? Everybody has eyeballs. Everybody does. Andy still has bad tendencies. We talk about them all the freaking time. Are we firing Andy Reid because they don't where he doesn't he runs the ball on second and ten sometimes and you guys hate it? Like what stop? Definitely take a drink every time I see it, but like you, that, yeah, we made it a drinking game. It's a thing, but like you accept some of these things when you look at the results at the end of the day. It's a it's a cumulative goal. The goal in the NFL during the regular season is results. to win each week. That's what it is during the regular season. This team knows that. The coaching staff knows that. The front office knows that. They're built for this. We've got to start. I don't want to see us turn into the Patriots fans where we don't enjoy this, that we get 15 years it. in, 18 years in, and are we spent the whole time arguing about who the freaking middle linebacker, if the middle linebacker is in coverage, in coverage good enough or not, or if the defensive coordinator is calling the right blitz on third down and along or not. Like, can we like, – Hey, guys, we, we got just, Patrick Mahomes. Can we just yeah, – they, they win like 85% of their freaking games, and the quarterback, we're sitting here talking about defenses and whatnot, and he was 36 of 41 for 
unbelievable yards, like a touch, like it, it was like thirty-six two touchdowns, one rushing. It was a clinic, and we're over here worried about other stuff the whole time because this is what we got to talk about because these are what the fan base wants to talk about, and I, I hate it. I think, uh, yeah. I oh, go ahead, Garrett. I just, uh, I agree. I do agree. I think we have to live in the moment a little more, especially as Chiefs fans, especially in, especially this year when, you know, there are these glaring flaws and we might not, you know, we have to just be realistic and say that we might not make win the Super Bowl this year. Who knows? Who knows what happens? Every year but also, that is the correct answer. We might is, not win the Super Bowl every Exactly. Year. And then all of a sudden the playoffs happen and it's like, oh yeah, this team, this team could probably win a Super Bowl, guys. Hey, this team could probably win a Super There's Bowl. They're still one of the best five teams in the league. Yeah, so I think you and definitely have to temper. Have to be, and I'm being nice with five, y'all. Like, they're probably one of the best three teams in the league. Yeah. Look around. So Look I do agree. I agree we have to uh, appreciate some of the greatness that we are seeing a little bit more. And then, uh, you know, let the let the, let the the creases get ironed out, you know. That's what, uh, that's what I like to say. Let the bad things, they'll eventually kind of figure themselves out or they won't. And guess what? Then... We got next season to look forward to. So, <laughs> uh, any other big takeaways from the, uh, I... the Texans games? Go ahead, Tom. Oh, Tom is raising his hand. I was, I was, I wanted to say more about this defensive. Uh, yeah, this defensive griping. Um, I am not by any means Steve Spagnuolo's biggest fan, and if they moved on from him this offseason, I wouldn't shed tears. I will say this. I think this is Steve Spagnuolo's job until he loses it or until he doesn't want it. Um, I know his contract is up at the end of the year. He may walk away. He's an older coach, all that stuff. It may, or they may have just a really nice conversation at the same time from a team building, a roster construction standpoint, it's been really difficult for Steve Spagnuolo to, like this team has been built around Patrick Mahomes. So Steve Spagnuolo, as much as you want to criticize him, he he's like second priority, right? Like he's he's like the side girl. You don't you know he's not getting the you know the big ro- bouquet of roses on Valentine's Day. He might get a good morning text. Like it's not the same. He's not getting the same. Now, has Brett Veach put an effort and, and try to get guys on defense? Yeah, but there's also been some swings and misses on the defensive side of the ball with with the Chiefs, right? Um, and here, the the big one everyone's always talking about is a pass rush. Pass rush. We just need to go get a pass rusher. All right. Let me let me let's recap the the top. I'm going by PFF just because it's a a source, right? But here here are the top Sources. pass rushers in the NFL and where they were drafted, right? Miles Garrett, one one. Khalil Mack, fifth pick in the first round. Micah Parsons, twelfth pick in the first round. Joey Bosa. Third pick in the first round. Nick Bosa, second pick in the first round. Max Crosby is the outlier and that he was a fourth round pick. Uh, continuing down the list, Brian Burns, 16th pick in the first round. Rashawn Gary, 12th pick in the first round. Chase Young, second pick in the first round. Do you see the theme with the exception of Max Crosby here? If you're going to add a, a big name pass rusher, you have to draft them yourself. And they're going to be a top 20 pick. And guess what the Chiefs haven't had since Brett, since Patrick Mahomes, since Andy Reid, since forever? 
again, that's where you you point back to, oh, you should appreciate the moment because they're winning so many, you know, it's like, oh, we don't have a good pass rush. Yeah, because they're winning games and they can't get one. They could make a trade up and they could, you know, all that stuff. They took a swing on a guy. I think that, I think, I know that, you know, we've talked about trading and trading. I think that Brett Veach learned a lesson, right? Because that's one thing that, you know, Brett Veach is a great GM. And and I've, I've listened to other podcasts, people who aren't Chiefs focused and like, um, the NFL Stock Exchange with uh, Trevor Sikama and Connor Rogers did this a couple weeks ago. They're talking about the tiers of of GMs, and they had a top tier. They got to Brett Veach, and I was like, oh, here comes a conversation. Here's going to be, you know, cri- nope, without hesitation, top tier GM. Because they understand that not every, every team is going to be built perfectly. This isn't Madden. The number of teams in the NFL, in, in NFL history, that have had the number one offense and number one defense, very few and far between. The Chargers did it, uh, like, almost a decade ago. And then before that it was the Packers in 96. And then it was like, it's like once every 15 to 20 years, you have a team that's, you know, that manages to do both. We're not, it's not Madden. You're not going to go out and trade for Brian Burns for a second round pick and a third streak running back. And I think that Brett Veach has learned his lesson. He's not going to try to do that kind of stuff. He's going to try to draft guys, try to take some swings. And that's, that's your hope, right? And, and it's hard because draft or pass rushers are a premier position and they go in the, in the first 20 picks. And most teams, if they're in the position to take a guy, aren't trading down because they want that guy. So they don't grow on trees. They're not being passed around like candy. Here's the other thing. I'm looking at this list. I'm going further down the list. Uh, Daniil Hunter wasn't a first round pick, but drafted by the Vikings. Carl Lawson signed a free agency deal with the Jets. Hasn't lived up to that. His like second contract. Yeah. Um, Randy Gregory and Darius Smith, both on second contracts. Um, you just go down those older guys. Trey Hendrickson. Guys that, you, know, you just, it's Trey not probably on, easy. On somewhere. Yeah, it's, you can't just pull a name out of a hat and go, oh, I got a pass rusher. They're not handing yeah. these guys out as free samples in the, at Walmart. It's just not happening. So you have to understand that there's a, there's a method to the roster construction. And yeah, the pass rush sucks, but... He, where was he supposed to get a – tell me where he was supposed to get a pass rusher, right, without being revisionist or, you know, perfect yeah. 2020. Revisionist, You know, perfect. we can all do that. Hindsight 2020. Wrong, you know. There are a couple of uh, free agent swings. I'm you probably could have taken Trey Hendrickson. I know. I get it, Darius man. Smith. I get it. I get it. I get it. But God points. Stuff is, it's so frustrating to do this because, like Tom just said, we listen to – like. I know I do. I don't, I, not everybody does. Not all of the kingdom does. And that's great. But a lot of us that do this, we listen to a lot of people that cover the league nationally and cover this team and other teams around the league nationally. And man, they were talking, they're talking about Steve Spagnuolo for head coaching jobs this off season, not be firing him. Like you guys, like we understand that, right? Like there are people talking about Spags getting a head coaching job before Eric Bieniemy, as yeah. recently as like five months ago, and as I recently think they as probably more recently than that. Next if and they and there are some people that believe he could have one right now if he so chose to. So like, there's there's that part of it. Like we do this stuff, and the people look, man. I I saw some Andy tweets. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm going to give that much more than the five seconds of this, but just that man retires when he wants to, or leaves the chiefs when he wants to, because all I'm going to say to you is two words. And it's one name. Todd 
Haley. <laughs> it's like 10, 15 seconds to gauge that. I'll say this. Uh, I think Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnuolo should both go get a head coaching job next season. Bon voyage. Thank you very much for I, your service I, and the Super Bowl. I, I, uh, I also, I would also kind of challenge the fact you could have maybe taken a couple more swings for a pass rusher if you're Brett Veach. Uh, I mentioned Trey Hendrickson, Sedarius Smith. You have a couple free agents that, I mean, yes, they're pricey. Well, you, know, you also got to spend money somewhere. Uh, also, they have. potentially trading. Uh, giant spending money. I get you. I get you. I get you. I'm just trying to get my whole thought out here. I know y'all had your turns, so I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, also, you know, be maybe a little aggressive with a trade, trading up in the first round, uh, or trading for a pass rusher, Brian Burns. You know, send a second Amico Hardman over to them. Come <laughs> on over, Brian Burns. How you doing, with Chiefs Kingdom? I just think there's definitely. I agree that uh, Steve Spagnuolo really hasn't been dealt a, a full deck of cards, if you will. Um, arguably, no defensive coordinator is usually, so you got to kind of make what what you got work. And so far, or at least this season, it's just this season has just been an opposite trend. As we've They're seen, resetting. this season is a reset. As a team, exactly, this was a reset. but you still got to you're still seeing the opposite trend of the defense, where usually they start out bad and then get better. And then this defense kind of started out okay, and now they're kind of getting worse. And so a bunch of rookies overachieved because a bunch of offenses really didn't have film on what he was going to do with a bunch of rookies, and he was doing a bunch of different, maybe some base or vanilla things with them early on. And now we're starting to get deeper into his playbook, and he's starting to open up and test them a little more, especially against some worse teams. But he's not, and that's so we well. But he's, about... found, he's he's leaving guys on islands. He's leaving rookies yeah. on one on one stuff like. That's some stuff but, he's do, he's testing guys with some things like that. That's what we're so, he's want, he's still doing those things. I don't remember if we talked about this here or if it was somewhere else, but um, we you know the lack of turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, that's not that's because there's part. not talent on the secondary. It's because these are young kids, mm-hmm. and they are focused on the fundamentals. If there were I, here's the funny thing. Like Steve Spagnuolo, by the way, if you don't know, Steve Spagnuolo's background is as a defensive back. Hates rookies. So he he also he also hates rookies, but he's starting a ridiculous amount of rookies, and they're not terrible. No one's out here going, "Oh, Trent McDuffie's a bust." Oh, we wasted a pick on Joshua Williams. Oh, Brian Cook is the worst. Right? Yeah, he, these kids. Like, I don't worry about Trent McDuffie. I don't worry about Joshua Williams. Not like y'all. We, we said the Todd Haley name. Why don't we just invoke all the curses? Uh, y'all remember a player named Philip Gaines? Orlando yeah. Skandrick. Bring, Orlando Skandrick. On I mean, look, I'm not out here trying to just blast everybody, but like we talked about in the Texans Terrence game, some Mitchell. players that played in Terrence. our secondary that people wanted to run out of town. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. Yeah. I mean, even, even the season. And I mean, and this is, listen, we are a pro Rashad Fenton podcast, but these rookies are playing well enough that they got rid of Rashad Fenton. Like, this is, you have to uh, also, if you're going to criticize, oh, the pass rush, pass rush, let's talk about the good work that Steve Spagnuolo, the impressive work that Steve Spagnuolo has done and with Joe these Cohen. rookies. And pulling all his credit, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, but, but and, and also, Legereus Need, absolute stud. But that's not, you know, a, that's a whole other take for a whole other time. But, you know, because Legereus Need is the people, is the player that people think Derwin James is. But that's, you know, another conversation oh. for another time. So Tom is spicy and also getting kind of close to correct with that take. Um, tell me, tell me something. Tell me something that Derman or that Derman James can do something. that Jarius Need can't. Tell me name it. something. Be yeah, about it. Oh. an inch right. and a half taller than he is. Be about an inch okay. and a half taller and about thirty-five pounds heavier. Wouldn't you say? Okay. Okay. Other well, when Derman James got a lot. cover. Okay. Other than that, I got I don't got a lot for you. Other than that, I don't yeah. I don't got a lot for you. I now I also the only other thing I see I I I, I haven't watched Legarius try to cover Travis, but I know Derwin can't. That's what I was gonna that. say. So, Can you cover yeah, Travis? Yeah, so, um, so we'll see. No, but I'm not I'm sorry, I'm on a on a whole rant. But you're right. Like, look, man, in the pass rush, yeah, it's not elite. We knew that. Not even a little bit. We we knew that. But there's not been it's an not opportunity great. to make Hold it on, to add on. pieces. But it's that not great. Okay. We knew that times, too. But yeah, We've also yeah. been improving. And you know what I think we noticed, and if at least I noticed, you know who makes a little bit of noise on the pass rush? Carlos Dunlap. Uh I was thinking the other guy they just picked up. Brandon Williams, man. At least one. He did him two sacks he, in two he weeks. All the way around the arc two on a sack, hustle sack, all the way around and clean. He's got two in two Probably, games. Probably, yeah. yeah but he made an weeks, incredible. Yeah. I think he went all the way up the arc and around. Like it. Look, man. They're going to. It's not going to be pretty when they get pressure. No. Um, it's not going to be. And George is getting there. He's starting to get a little closer. You can see it every game. He's getting a little faster. He's getting there a little quicker. He's winning a little bit faster. He's getting a little bit closer. I, I've, I've watched it and I've watched it and he's starting to clean up stuff now because they're starting to get the pocket is starting to get closed a little bit better. I, I, I know the quarterbacks aren't as good. I get all that. You play what's in front of you. You do what you can against what you're dealt. They're getting better and they weren't supposed to be anything but a top 20 defense. If we were at the uh, most optimistic when this off season started and that's about what they are right now. So to, I want to be clear news. about what I talked about earlier. Um, the individual, the article that was written, the article has valid points in it. There are correct things in that article. He's very much got some valid points in it. I'm just the overall topic of the fire him no matter what happens thing to me is not the same as the actual content of the article and the actual content of what the writer was discussing. So that's why I bring up the clickbait and the fan base mentality of we have to talk about firing this defensive coordinator this season or him being out of here regardless. Like that to me is the fan base's mentality doing not the people that have to sit here and talk about it's doing. So I just wanted to be extra clear about that. So for that reason, um, with that said, we can continue forward. Let me use, oh, go ahead. We Go ahead, Tom. 
I was going to say we can continue forward with what Tom has, what Tom's thoughts or Garrett's thoughts I, on. I was going to say, let me use this as an opportunity to talk about the draft for a second. No, please do. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. So oh I'm shocked by the so way. Here's the thing. Absolutely stunned. This Tom is just took an, an overview to transition us out of I any know, right? possible area me, ever me. into the draft. <laughs> so this year, uh, more than some of the other years in past, like, the edge rush class is a little bit deeper. There are some guys who are going to climb the boards, but the guys that, like last year, it was like two or three guys, and then you fell off a cliff. Um, this year, you've got a lot more guys who, you like, they're going to be project guys. They're not here, – here's the other thing. Here's Okay, I already, I already said one of my spicy takes. Here's my other spicy take. Mm-hmm. I know that some of our 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 friends in the world of Chiefs media have made a point to point out, like, this is Steve Spagnuolo's type at defensive end. Mm-hmm. Do not be surprised if, if Steve it. Spagnuolo gets rid of that type, because there are guys in this trap in this draft talking about you, Nolan Smith out of Georgia, um, you know who are hey. ballers and if they're so sitting there third time late I've in the first round in like the last two days i talked to somebody else about him yeah the other yeah day. yeah well i started i started a poll and then all of a sudden everybody's talking i'm not saying that is me he's an he's a good, I'm not saying good it was player me, people listen, know who he was. it was kind of it was kind of time but but listen it was me i mean bj ojulari we've talked a little bit about him before on, about on a BJ. previous episode i think we've talked about um, him too, so I'm, I'm kidding kind of but the kids i like i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you Here's a here's a sneaky name. Here's a sneaky name that you probably aren't haven't heard of, and I just started working on him. All right, Georgia Tech defensive end Keon White. Okay, big dude. Shout out Keon Juice. Juice. I don't know who you are. Shout out Tom. I want to ask you this. I want. I called you Frank twice. Didn't get ready to ask you about Frank. That's why. Frank. So we're all clear here. Hey Frank. Um, I asked Zach about uh, Nolan Smith because he took him in a mock after at like 39 or something after he traded down, which I found interesting. But I also found interesting that um, wondering what he thought Nolan might play at or what Spags might ask him to play at. And he, he doesn't said he didn't like to do that. But I know we've talked about stuff like that before. Do you think with BJ or with, um, you know, Nolan or the kid from Georgia Tech that they try to – because most of, I think at least the first two guys are in that smaller, like 235, 240, 245 range, right? Um, I know. Yeah, the, I know the first Nolan two are, right are now, definitely BJ's smaller. Like, yeah. BJ's like 240, two, something like that. So BJ is is very small. What's the, um, what's he's, the, he's going to be light for any team. Same, same kind of frame? No, not at all. He's 6'4", okay. 290. Okay, so the the first two guys, I'm very curious with them because you talked about a different sp- body type or different type for Spags. Mm-hmm. Spags, the only guy I've seen, well, he's used several guys, but the only guy I've seen in this Chiefs iteration of the Spags defense that he's had play the edge position that's been a smaller guy like that is Frank Clark. Mike Dana. Uh, Mike no, Dana. Dana's a little Boom. bigger than Frank because Frank's playing. I'm telling y'all, Frank is not playing at anything close to 260. He's playing Dana's at like, like 241, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking weight wise because the BJ and 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 um, Nolan are both like 235s on their weight right now. Do yeah. he well, him asked to get bigger to like the 255 range, or does he let him play it? You know, Frank and play 240 because Nolan Smith 
plays the edge really freaking well on the run. He plays different. Great yeah, they're so, they're different college folks. I'm just sure it's college, but my thing is, do you ask him to try to put on a bunch of weight to not no one certain thing? No, because not no one's tried to do that with guys where he's been like, oh, you just get a little put put twenty pounds on you, and we can move you do you a little more that. To yeah, try to get you to Nolan, play the run better, my boy Nolan. but you lose the pass rush. Whereas, if he can play the run well enough at two thirty-five in the NFL, Spags might take him anyway. Okay, so their body types are different. Nolan Smith is dense, like he's dense like a black hole. I, I swear that like he might be listed two thirty-five, but he's got he must it must be like two hundred and thirty-four and a half pounds of muscle. Like I, there's probably not even skeletons. It's just thick. Muscle, the dude, like I, I and I would like when I go yeah. through and I'm like looking at guys preliminary. I, the, I, I do. I look at body sizes. Second, the only reason he's even being talked about in the late first, early second is because of the knee injury, right? Uh, torn pack. Pack. Sorry, it was a pack injury. So, yeah. Um. So no, with with Smith, you take him, you let him play. Um. You let him play as an end. Probably your left end, but he's gonna bully some kids. He, he's a he's a weird prospect because he's like. He's the inverse of what you expect. 6'2", 230, 240. But he plays the run super well. He plays with power. And, he's and he needs to develop as a, as a pass like, rusher. He's not, long. he's not long. He doesn't have forklift arms. He's not well, That's what. He's bendy. He's He can move. He's fast. Yeah. yeah. He's athletic. I, mean, I, I like he's he more. Has to develop I, as a I, pass used, I, used, I, might, I might have used bendy a little aggressively. He's. Got more bend than several of the other prospects we've seen them look at. He he's flexible enough, um, but no, he he just he's in a he's not developed as a pass rusher. So I the poll I put up was Zach Harrison, who's Ohio State, versus um, you know Nolan Smith, and Zach Harrison is that prototypical six six two seventy five athletic. Both were five star athletes. Both have all the athletic potential in the world. But you watch the two people play. And you would think that Nolan Smith was the guy who was, you know, 275, the way he pushes people around up there. Um, so I'm just throwing another guy. Okay, so Keon White, 6'4", 6'5", somewhere in the 280s, 290s range. Uh, he's going to be the senior bowl. Watch him there. But uh, 10 and a half inch hands, that's that's big. Uh, his arms aren't the longest, 33 and a half inches, but he's projected to run in the – the high to, to mid four sixes, which is insane uh, for a dude that big. I think he ends up being a first round pick um, in April. Y'all write it down now. Another guy, probably not a first round pick, probably a day two. If you're looking at edge guys with like athletic potential, I don't even know how to say his name. Uh, Adetomaway, Adebore, Adebore. He's plays for Northwestern. He's the, like the only draftable prospect okay. on that team. So he shouldn't be too hard. Uh, 6'2", 280, expected to run in the four fives, uh, huge oh, hands, about. made, yeah, made uh, Bruce Feldman's uh, freak list. Just, yeah. So, so I still okay. have to say that this draft class has some more opportunities for them to find, to take some of those right. shots, even outside the first round, but I'd prefer the first round. I would also be madly in love if they ended up with Nolan Smith. I think that would be, oh, do, that would there make people excited. Is in this class that's like, Oh, if we could go get him. And I don't mean like go up to the top three. I mean like use your brain. Yes, there's two. Uh, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, who 
probably a couple months ago would have been a guy who was a late first rounder, but he's flown up the boards. Nice. And then Miles range. Yeah, and then Miles Murphy uh, out of Clemson. That so everybody talks about Will Anderson, um, and uh, um, uh, 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 who's the other guy? Who's the I other really guy? Like Will Anderson and all, but the injuries scare the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, Jared Verse. Jared Verse is another guy who's flying up the boards who could be um, okay. who could so be the reason the reason I asked this question is the same reason that I asked Zach about trading out of the first for Nolan. Yeah. So you you probably have to trade up. Honestly, right. it, Nolan's no, no. probably going to end up in the, in the top 25. What are you willing to give up from this cuz we've got we've got 12 picks again, right? Mhm. And we don't have near the holes we had last year. So we don't have to fire all the bullets and get all the picks. They've got a bunch of young guys that they've got on roster that they like right now. So if you really, mm -hmm. really like a guy, you can package a couple of those assets together and move up in the first round to go get your person like you did last year when you went and moved up to 20-something and got Trent McDuffie. Right? You could even go yeah. farther yeah. up. I mean, you decided sure. to package one of your extra seconds or extra thirds or extra fourths or one of the extra 75 picks you got from the Dolphins trade or any of the other stuff. Those are things that we haven't seen. Them. Yeah, you have the extra fourth. Are you, and here's the thing people will say, well, yeah, but last time he jumped up and swung for a pass rusher, it was Breland Speaks. Okay, guys are going to swing and miss. It happens. Everybody swings and misses. That's not going to be the conversation at yeah. this point because we have to worry about what we can do moving forward. Are you comfortable with a guy in this draft with them moving up into that into that 11 to 20, like going up and making a significant – because moving up to 21, 22 is big um, as a move, is a good-sized move, but it's not like a holy crap move. And I think because this draft is in Kansas City – and because they are seriously going to want to fill up, put a star in this roster from this draft, they may make a holy crap trade up move to go get a person to put on this defense. That's, you know, like when they traded from 27 to 10, and I'm not trying to say that he's going to be that level, but you know what I mean? Give him a star on this defense to put on this defense, to go with Chris Jones, to go with Snead, who they yes. created, to go with some of these guys they found to go get them a, a, a big – in the draft that's in their city to give them a guy, I think they may make a huge deal. So is there a guy there? Because I think edge may be a position you can trade up into that region I, and have value makes sense. I, I would definitely not be surprised. I would not be surprised if the Chiefs made an aggressive move, again, just from a marketing standpoint. Like, you're going to make – like, if you trade up for a pass rusher in the first round – there are going to be so many people who walk out of the draft with that kid's jersey. You're going to make just all the money you could want. Um, I would say of the guys that are out there, um, Miles Murphy is probably the the floor on that. I wouldn't. Tyree Wilson's got some bumps in his game. I don't. You could justify it from a physical athletic standpoint. Another guy is is Jared Verse at a Florida State. He's kind of a one year guy. I haven't got to his tape yet. But I know a lot of guys who are – there's some people who put him like 1B with Will Anderson and think that he'll be a top five pick. Um, so are there some guys that you could do it with? Yeah. Um, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it for 
one of those three. Miles Miles Murphy, Jared Verse, Tyree Wilson. Miles Murphy would be the top of that list. And I think Murphy could see a little bit of a fall because there's some, you know, um, sometimes you scout the helmet and you look at, oh, it's a Clemson, you know, you think of Cleveland Farrell or whatever, not the same player. In any other draft class, Miles Murphy's probably your, you know, a candidate for your top edge rusher. And so, um, you know, testings and all that stuff will will say a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I think there's a group of guys that could, you know, if Jared Verse moves up, if Tyree, it, it could, it, it's still going to shuffle around a lot. And I could see a guy like Miles Murphy not testing as well as some of those other guys. Um, but I think he's a very polished and very complete, like you can leave him on the field all four downs player. Uh, Garrett is so checked out of this conversation. He's like, draft. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. The reason I I wanted to transition from that is because it's going to lead us right into our Seahawks and hopefully bring Garrett back. Oh my gosh, we're talking. I can talk again. Oh my goodness. Listen, you can talk the whole time. You just got to learn more about the draft. Listen, I learned about the draft when it's draft time, typically. So that's how my kind of mo is. This is what we. This is what I mean, Garrett. When I was talking earlier about the fan base dictates some of the stuff (laughs) we have to talk about and when we have to talk about it. I think. uh, I mean, for. I guess and I will always base, push yeah. the draft. And Tom loves and Tom loves the draft. So I, we have to sometimes feed the draft Listen. guy. Feed the draft guy. Yeah. Yeah. I told I told I Tom how we should keep this one shorter on the shorter yeah, side. We never they do. said, <laughs> yeah, we'll add twenty minutes of draft talking at the end. That'll make it short. Yeah. Definitely. Listen, um, uh, with that said, the pass rush against Seattle, I think, should be an interesting watch because the, there's been a sickness bug running around the defensive line locker room and it's not been great. Um, yeah, I don't know that Saunders is going to play potentially because of it. It looks like, um, mm. there's, uh, Jones was down for multiple days before the last game. And after that game with illness stuff, mm-hmm. uh, there's game. Frank was sick. Yeah. Chris was drink- drinking a very large bottle of water with a glass bottle. I don't know. That was very strange. I don't know what was happening. Glass bottles, sparkling water. Sparkling water or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, It was just, it's been all over the room. So I I also don't necessarily think everybody was full. It's been full go in that room with the bug that's been going around. But like, I'm curious to see what they do against this team because we are getting ready to face pro bowl quarterback, Geno Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, are we ready? Pro Bowl cornerback Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks on Christmas. I don't know if we are. Lunchtime. I don't know if we are. I just I'll just throw that out there. I don't know. Geno <laughs> might. Geno might have a game versus us. I'm just saying. He could. He's a quarterback that seems like something that might give us some issues because he likes to get run around and make extra things take really long time and silly stuff happen. Right. Yeah, that's gonna One be some, that's gonna be some big. That's issues. why I'm interested about this pass rush and seeing if they can maybe adapt to this Seahawks team a little bit with a Kenneth Walker who is. Dude, I, a little bit. I feel for that guy, man. How many different times and things and injuries and stuff? What is it now? He just got to put something else on. I something. I think a knee. I think it was something. His uh, knee or something. That guy. For he's what is it in Seattle in the water with running backs? Where they just I know they <laughs> use them a lot, but goodness, yeah, great that is guys. true. A lot of good running backs go there to die, unfortunately. Yeah, I have no that. idea. They, they seem, they, and they don't even die. Like They play good for the four years they're there. They just only play 12 games a season. It's just <laughs> – Yeah, that it's is crazy. tough. 
So uh, what do we expect to see out of this? Because Tom, yeah. I know you've looked at the at the offensive line, and Garrett, I know you've looked at a little bit at the uh, Seahawks' offensive weaponry. So I'm curious to see your what you two think about the uh, offensive approach from Seattle and what the defense might do. Yeah, I can take it on the offensive side. Obviously, you have Tyler Lockett. Right. You got uh, DK Metcalf, who were, you know. Seven seconds, baby. Just remember seven, seven seconds. Seven, yeah, I was about to say, we had to count seven seconds here. Um, they have a lot of, they actually like have surprisingly a lot of firepower on the Seahawks offense. Um, I want to say off the top of my head, I forget the other wide receiver that they have. And Besides Tyler now. Lockett and DK Metcalf? Yeah, uh, Marquise Goodwin. Oh, Goodwin's yeah. out there, yeah, from San Francisco. Exactly. So you have some players out there. They got he's fast. Uh, yeah, they have some tight ends that can catch the rock. Uh, so that's something. Um, and uh, I, this is a surprise to everybody, but everybody I think that was supposedly questionable is going to play, except for like course. one or two people. And they weren't questionable. They were doubtful or outs already. <laughs> yeah, of course that happens. Um, Noah Fant is the reason I mentioned that when Garrett was talking about right, tight Noah Fant, and, yeah. and, and injuries because Noah Fant I believe is going to play in this game and is. If we're familiar as Chiefs fans from Denver, mm. as part of that uh, that lucrative Russell Wilson trade that worked Working out really out. well for Sparkling one team for the Broncos. Yeah, it worked out well for one team in that trade, and you know, not the one who would expect. Um, so yeah, I think really it's going to be interesting to see how the how Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense kind of adjust to the different weaponry. I mean, you have some Cal A one tier receivers in. DK and Tyler Lockett, like they're some of the best that guys that you will face in the NFL level, uh, mm-hmm. especially their different skill sets that you have with them. Uh, Going to be curious to see who kind of gets the assignment for them, if they kind of just play the soft zone and let them run up and down the field on them a bunch and see how that works. Uh, I don't who know. would you put on them in man, Garrett? Yeah, you know, I guess... Who would, the, you, who would your dream matchup for Lockett and DK be if you picked your corner for each one, the whole for man? I think the easy answer would probably be uh, Josh Williams on DK Metcalf and seeing how he how he fares with him. And then Tyler Lockett, you put Trent Trent on and uh, and see how they fare. It's a tall task for two rookies. And we oh, talked sorry, about the oh, two rookies. We talked about just all the rookies having a having a kind of a tough go, but it's a tall task to, to ask them to do that. Um, but that, I think, is kind of the matchup that they're meant for. I, I would, I would do that. Also, the only other guy I might rotate in there and give some snaps on DK would be Legarius. Yeah, I like, I like the Legarius matchup. No, you, Tom can share. I'm gonna let him. Tom, go ahead, Tom. I just, I like, I agree with Garrett's initial one more than I think in general than any of the other matchups. I like Josh on DK and and Trent on on Tyler for those reasons. I like. I like Josh on DK as well. I want Sneed on Tyler because they move Tyler around the most, and um, he's kind of their like slot hybrid guy. And then let Trent handle. I mean, I'm not saying that you want it's always to be one to one because that's not how it works. But in terms of sure. like how yeah. Tyler Lockett's used, and Tyler Lockett's the vet in that offense, and he's crafty. And um, you put a like he's gonna he's gonna get some on a rookie more than the, I mean he'll probably get a couple on Snead but um, you know you that's why I want the so, matchup for Trent Tom I want I want to see it so I mean you will see snaps of it but I wouldn't go one to one on it but I'm just if you're if you are if that's what we're talking like where do we pair people up in an ideal matchup I think that's what you want because you can put Snead you know he can follow around and and you can be uh, 
be more okay. successful at that. So, like I said, I, like I said, um, I this is the, this is the question was who do you want to see play those two individuals? Who would you want yeah. to put on those two individuals? Now, yeah, that's, what I, that's, that's how I would do it. That's why we do this. So, uh, Garrett, outside of that, w- with the Kenneth Walker scenario, what what are your what are your concerns outside of the receivers? Because the receivers are going to be a concern always. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and that's that's a, that's a squad. So, yeah. I think uh, definitely containing Gino, I think, is going to be huge because with Kenneth Walker maybe not going or maybe not being, you know, full. Like they have other decent running backs and they can they can get that run game going, but I don't know. I think uh, I think containing Gino is. I just you know the Chiefs' defense is tough against mobile quarterbacks. They just have a tough time containing them, keeping a spy on them. Uh, drop like the just the soft zone that they'd be playing a lot. Like it's just. It's not set up. I mean, you almost think like you'd rather have more of a, a stand in the pocket quarterback that can can make those throws. Which Gino, I mean, Gino kind of can do everything. Gino's popping off this year. Um, Gino's but, having a year. Yeah. So it's like it's tough to to keep that to to derail that train. But um, really, it's just and we say it all the time: the bend don't break. Like once you get to the red zone, you have to you have to step up. And once you have that shield where you're not threatened by all the speed that the offense has, like that's when you got to make that pass rush count. That's when you got to make the blitzes count. I don't think we have to be blitzing, uh, you know, halfway down the field, like, because there's just the big play factor that comes out of the Seahawks. Like you have to really calculate the, the good moments that you get. So, uh, and turnovers, that's going to be a huge thing too, hopefully, but you know, we talked that's, about the turnover. So Tom, from that same, from that same vein, um an approach to maybe taking advantage of some of the things not necessarily we've seen Gino do a lot of things really well this year but he has a history in the past of having the ball security maybe some turnovers a strip sack or a pick here and there with him sometimes how do we how does this defense go about inducing one of those either out of him or out of the rest of this Seahawks team this week uh good luck (laughs) I was just going to talk about the the Seahawks have a very underrated offensive line. Um, they've got two rookie, rookie tackles who are playing Charles really, Cross, really well. Yeah. Um, well, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas. Um, Abe Lucas, yep. Yeah. They got, uh, they got Chiefs yeah. legend Austin Blythe. Austin Blythe. So there might be some room for Chris Jones to get some push. Um, they're going to, again, it's going to be a, it's going to have to be a cohesive unit on the defensive side. You know, I, I'll say this about the game as a whole. Um, the Chiefs have kind of had these two, these past two games that are way closer than they should have been. And and I think, you know, the Chiefs tend to kind of underrate opponents. Um, you know, they can sleepwalk on some guys. Seattle is a better team than what people think. Uh, also are in a position where they're fighting for their playoff positioning. So the Chiefs need to take this game pretty seriously. And I think depending on how they approach it, we're going to have a pretty good feel for, for where they, they're, where they stand going into the postseason. Um, I will also say this about their defense. Um, I don't, we're not there yet. You're jumping. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, you know, so I, no, go ahead. Transition us. Go ahead. I'm kidding. I I was just like, I don't think it's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding on. They're going to have to earn their, their plays in this, on this, against this offense. And it's, it's a good test because you have all the skill positions you could want. Um, including trying to stop the run, even if Kenneth Walker is banged up, they've got some some talented guys behind him. So transitioning now, I this could end up being a good old fashioned shootout. Like 
I don't stress about their defense. They've got some younger pass rushers that they kind of rotate through. They've got a pretty interesting, um, you know, setup. But I'm not sweating <laughs> their defense, and they've got some young corners that oh. I think you can take advantage of. We've That's got rookie of the year. You've got McColl coming back this week. Kadarius is going to be probably more involved than McColl this week because Kadarius was back last week. McColl's first week back this week, so we do the tune-up thing. So with Kadarius more involved, um, I assume Juju and everybody on the offensive side, I haven't seen too much of anybody being down or out Mm -hmm. on the offensive side of the ball this week with Travis and that crew. What does this offense look like against this Seattle defense? Are we you're expecting points, Tom? Yeah, I think I think Travis will eat. I think Juju will eat. I think we'll see some flashy plays from either Kadarius, MBS, or um, maybe even McColl. Like they'll 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 work the matchups and they'll have, they'll take their shots with those guys. Um, the safety wise, they just they don't have anybody who's going to match up well with with uh, Travis Kelsey, and that's going to open up the offense. And then also, I mean, their run defense could is probably going to be pretty stout. They've got some really good run stuffers up front. Shelby Harris in there now because Denver. Shelby Harris, Puna Ford. Um, Yeah. So, right. Um, It's exciting time. Listen, if you're a Seahawks fan, like it's a good time to be a a Seahawks fan. They've they've got some really good pieces here. Uh, Tariq Wallen, one of my draft crushes, um, plays really well, has made some plays on the ball. But I think if you like really – play a physical style. Like if you can get some matchups with like Juju on him, I think you're going to see some success because he is not a guy you like, they're probably not going to press a lot. He's a, he's a zone guy. So if you can kind of make him work in tight quarters, um, I think you can, you can make that, you know, just don't get baited into any, um, any silly throws. But other Tom than that, brought me, to my, brought me to my guy that I wanted to talk about because I knew it was his draft crush. And, and we have another rookie on this offense of ours that is looking to get some run. And I'm curious to see if we might get some matchups with a Sky Moore and a Tariq Woolen this weekend. And I, hope I, might be able to I, I don't think so. And I hope not. I please, please do not do that. Tariq um, Woolen is like three times the size of Sky Moore. I know. And runs you faster. Said tight spaces. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get that. They're going to play him more in zone, though, I think. And so I don't think you'll see too much pressing from him. Um, I will say this about – Are we going to see them start to add Sky into this offense in this week? Because I think this is the week you can see them use some plays more than – like, look, they they use a pretty vanilla playbook sometimes against some of these opponents. I think the Seahawks may be a team they put a few plays out there for because this team is a little better and they're still fighting for a division, and this is going to be a a little more of a – a little more of a game, and I'm using the air quotes, y'all, because, oh, yeah, we don't have to do that anymore. We're on video now. Um, so uh, it's it's a good theory, Kyle. I think it's a good theory. I don't think this is the week <laughs> to do it, though. I think, uh, like Tom said, this is kind of – that's almost like underrating your opponent and thinking that this is a good week to do that. Um, I, don't, and, I think they're going to start to have to actually – I'm not telling – I'm saying they're having to start using the playbook and that they're going yeah. to use in the playoffs. So that I means think are you it's going a good to start theory. using more or not? It's a good theory. I think you, I, in a perfect world, I think you should. Uh, I also think this week, especially with getting Miko back and getting Kadarius more involved, it's probably going to be more of them and uh, less of Sky probably this week. I think uh, you're not like I, I don't, don't think you're. Yeah. I don't think you're exploiting a good matchup with Sky and Tariq Woolen or any of uh, really their quarterback. I also don't think it's a good week for Sky. I think it's. I think Sky will get his run eventually, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is the week, Tom. I don't think I, I like Sky more. This is not um, 
this is not a this is not sky more is not guy. a secret weapon he's There's not no friendly skies in this yeah he's not yeah he's, he's not, not a, a, a breaking good, that's a good piece way of glass it. emergency piece he's not the secret weapon no he's a rookie yeah. who's got a lot of who has some elite traits but has a lot of he played at western michigan like okay. uh, he, so, it's a big step said, for him and he's developing so next year we can talk more about sky next year that's that's where i'm at i'm not saying he won't play a role or won't make some plays down the stretch but he's not going to be featured you know they're not building the offense or building the game plan around sky more has Kadarius tony stepped into the role that a lot of people thought scott they hoped sky would develop into now as this year's that's his job and then next year we'll reevaluate the reevaluate the room going forward with those guys in it and everybody else gone that's not here he's definitely speed that's he's definitely added the speed element they, that they probably they wanted seem, to get from sky to be that guy to me i'm just curious what you he definitely seems he definitely does seem to be kind of i think it's i mean let's put it this way they definitely don't trade for Kadarius tony if sky Moore develops faster let's just like that i think that's fair to say maybe right. Like if if Sky did just take off and accelerate out the gates, they probably don't need Tony, but they realize like this still gotta need Tony. I think if if Tony can prove and he hasn't, but if he can be healthy and stable, Tony is your your like him and Juju are your one and two. Tony and, might and be however way weapon. you want to stack it, he's kind of close Tony is your weapon. secret weapon way yeah. before Sky is. So well, um, that's what I wanted. That's what I was wondering because we talk, people talk all preseason and then early in the season. Well, we're gonna bust Sky out as the year goes, and he's gonna be the secret weapon. And we talked on this podcast that hey, he's a rookie, and every time we do this with rookie wide receivers, we end up going by the year two, going well. We know they don't really use them like that in year one. And guess what? It's like we need to it's manage valid. our expectations. Yeah, if only <laughs> we could do that. Ah, it's a it's a it's wild a concept. Full down by circle. Yeah. Yes. So, so, with the full circle so, complete, Tom go first. Garrett, I will go second, and then you can get us out of here. Thirty-one okay. twenty, Kansas City. What'd you say? Thirty-one twenty, Kansas City. I said it fast so I could it would come through I all the delay. Twenty-one twenty, and I about <laughs> fell out of my chair. I was like, I said I knew it was gonna be a little closer, but good lord. Thirty-one twenty, Kansas City. Kansas City. Okay. okay. Well, Kyle. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go. I think I think they're gonna score points. I think it's gonna be like 34-26, 34-27, something like that. Um, I think maybe a late touchdown that gets it away from 34-21 or 20 or something in that that lane. But it's also uh, gonna be cold. Yeah, I I know. And and Patrick really likes cold and making people not like playing him in the cold. He also likes sitting on the sidelines in the fourth quarter. So if they can put up a bunch of points and then let Seattle get a bunch of garbage time stuff. That's an option too. I'm not sitting here doubting Seattle. I just want to see what if Patrick and them want to be done early on a, on a day where they could push the gas pedal if they can get out and play a clean game. But they need to play clean. That's why I think the more realistic thing is like 34-27 and he kind of doesn't have to do anything crazy late, but they still score late to make it a one-score game and close enough with like a minute left or something. So, Garrett, what you got? Um... I'm feeling a little bit indifferent about this game. I think, uh, the, I think this game kind of ends either two ways. I think, so we've secured the AFC West, right? That's that's done. So we are in the playoffs. So we either go further and decide to really step on the pedal, like we've been saying, and say, you know, let's really fight for that one spot. Let's really go for it. 
Um, or you kind of relax a little bit and decide that we're in the playoffs and we've won and we've got a home field game at least. Uh, so maybe we try some things. Maybe we don't take them as seriously. Uh, this is just Seattle after all. Like last time the Chiefs played Seattle, I think we beat them. No, actually, I think we lost the last time that we played Seattle. Uh, so that's an old division opponent. I don't know that they'll take them lightly. Yeah, you you say that we say that every week and. It, it, we, we keep on taking people kind of likely, um, lightly. Uh, I'm gonna go 31 to 28, with the winner being the Seattle Seahawks. Um, it's been, eh, it's gonna, it's just, it's. I'm putting it out there, and a, I'm not watching the game live, so it's, if this happens, I won't be mad. Um, B. I just feel like the Chiefs have been sleeping a little too much these past couple of weeks, playing down to the vision to to the Rams, playing down to the Texans, and all of a sudden you think that you have to play down to the, a team like the Seahawks, and they actually end up punching you in the face and giving you a little bit of a needed gut check. Um, and it's just kind of yeah. that point in the season where we can afford a lot, still be fine uh, for the rest of the year, and still you know be pl- good for seeding and all that stuff. It's not going to completely derail us. I think it'll be a good lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and But also, like, you know, we all looked at the start of the season and said, like, oh, this is probably, like, an 11-6, 12-5 year. And then, like, every year, you got when it comes down to picking the games that we lose, it's like, ah, we can't pick Not up this the earlier. Yeah, circle. exactly. So it's just, like, Full I circle. think... And especially the we losses found the title that come... this episode, Garrett. Just call full it circle. full circle. <laughs> yeah, we have come full circle. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think we've we come full circle i think is what happens here and uh the chiefs kind of wrap up all their mishaps in one nice little tight bow with the with the loss and move on to the playoffs and just keep on rolling and get that out the way i don't know though i'm not an expert i just uh i just talk about the chiefs as do my co-hosts here kyle henning at k then 16 on twitter arrowhead tom at arrowhead tom on twitter and myself at garrett 720 on twitter we are very grateful for all of you to uh to tune in and watch with us each and every week if you're not watching uh you can go watch us on our youtube um youtube kingdom says pod otherwise you can listen on any of your normal podcast apps um boys anything else we gotta say before we get out of here uh chiefs kingdom don't rob any more banks this week valid no no bank robbery um and everybody be safe over the holidays uh enjoy your families your loved ones if you get the opportunity if you're if you don't get the opportunity good luck call your family and your loved ones enjoy them digitally spend the time take take a few minutes for yourself regardless enjoy the holidays i know it it's it's an awesome time for a lot of folks it can also be tough for a lot of folks so thinking of everybody out there have a merry christmas if you celebrate it hanukkah all those kinds of things are rolling right now so um, just enjoy everything, and we'll be back with you before New Year's. We may give out some uh, late Christmas gifts for the Chiefs from the players and stuff, do some award stuff like that, and look for some New Year's resolutions maybe as well in that next episode between the in the next couple in the next week. So um, just thankful to everybody for hanging with us all the way through the year um, and so excited for what's coming forward because there's a lot coming forward when the calendar clicks over to January for you guys. Um, so stay tuned, jump on the web, jump on the YouTube channel. We're going to be there a lot. You're going to be able to interact with us over there. Um, we're getting that all squared away for you guys. So, um, with that, Tom Garrett, 
thank you guys yourselves. Enjoy your holidays yourselves, fellas. We appreciate you both tremendously. Thank you for both all of you guys do with the show. I'll get out of the way. Tom, any closing, any more, any deeper closing words than, uh, than don't rob a bank. So if you look at the 2023 NFL draft, all right, uh, a thank you all so much for listening to this one. <laughs> Follow us at kingdom says pod. We'll see you next week. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.